Folks, thanks for joining us here for the Gentleman Knowledge Podcast, Season 4, Episode 3. We have our uh, finally got our guest lined up today, and uh, hopefully he'll be calling, to, uh, calling through pretty soon. But in the meantime, we're going to have our little catch-up as well, of course, joined by uh, Andy Soames and Ethan Nash. Andy, how you going, man? Thanks for uh, sparing time. Bit of an odd recording time, I know, but it's because we've got an international guest on. Yeah, sure, man. Um, yeah, really good. Um yeah, feeling good. Uh, everything's good and um, well. We had a we had a great uh, weekend rally, and uh, which I'm sure we'll cover during the show. But uh, mm. yeah, yeah, everything's everything's going fine, in general. Good to hear, problem. man. Good to hear. I'm kind of excited for today's episode. Actually, it's sort of been a long time coming. Tried. <laughs> we've mentioned this on like two other shows, I think, and <laughs> finally we're able to to get this show underway because it's a it's a concept that um, we're going to be, I guess talking a lot about in uh, in the coming weeks and months and, and sort of moving forwards closer to and we've kind of already started it as well well you, yourself you've already started it and, and got me involved as well so and we're talking about the I guess the freedom cell kind of concept but I'll get to that shortly of course otherwise uh, Ethan Nash is also here hanging in the winds Ethan hey go man thanks for sparing the time on a uh, bit of a lazy old Monday wet wet Monday afternoon Yes, wet Monday afternoon here in Queensland after a scorcher on the weekend, mate. Mm. It was very hot on uh, at the rally there, lots of people there, but very excited for this episode to carry on, I guess, the momentum, the positivity, the good joys of the weekend. We carry it on with talking about very important things that um, I think that everyone should really know about. So mm, should be a good one. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Like, um, they seem to turn up the heat for us at the... Um... Well, for everyone at the rally, I unfortunately, bloody hell, we seem to have these family commitments. Um, anyway, I wasn't able to attend, and unfortunately, it was like the biggest one we've had. So I'm kind of spewing. I missed it, but yeah, massive turnout. And from all accounts, I mean, you boys were there. Hundred thousand? Does that sound good to you guys? Around hundred thousand people at this particular event in Brisbane. I would say so. Yep. Yep. Mm, yeah. There's definitely definitely fifty thousand people there. Normally. When your phones start jamming, when you're trying to watch videos and upload stuff that, that you experience at a concert, it's normally like that. But I think we were um, having a chat off air, sort of comparing it. And if people want to go have a look at the Iraq war protests in 2003 here in Brisbane, a lot of people um, said, and it's 
documented and I've always heard about those big protests from people that were there that there was a hundred thousand people there and it was in the same location that we were on Saturday and it looks pretty similar. So I, mm. I think it's confident to say that there was a hundred thousand people all jammed into the botanical gardens and took over the city, mate. Yeah. I think and in terms of like you said, with regards to that connection issue, like yeah, when you go to like a concert and you you're trying to, you know, take a photo of your favorite band or whatever and upload it and it's it's sitting there and it's barely getting a signal and you know, it doesn't seem to work until everyone else kind of peters out and the crowd disappears and then you finally get a connection. Yeah, so you guys it's in the city, you know what I mean? Like in a hub where there's, you know, antennas all over the place. So for for that many antennas to be overwhelmed by all the people there with their cell phones, you know, that that's technically probably close to 100,000 cell phones that were also trying to connect at the same time. You know what I mean? You'd think that it would be enough to be able to at least cope with that amount of people in the city on a busy, you know, um, commerce, commerce day. Like, it's just a busy Friday, so to speak, you know, when there's a lot of people at work rather than a weekend. You'd think it would be able to keep up with that. Um Kind of makes, yeah, you'd think so. Yeah, I guess what I mean. I get a bit technology. Yeah, and I get a bit sus. I'm thinking, I wonder if they switch off a few of those cells, you know, <laughs> just to fuck, <laughs> just to fuck with the people. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, <laughs> who knows, mate? Who knows, eh? <laughs> but yeah, certainly crazy. It was crazy scenes to witness. Certainly the biggest protest I've attended in Brisbane in my time, and you know, my first protest was. 10 years ago in 2011 so mm. there's been no you know i've been to the g20 and all those types of protests i've even been to a lot of um you know i've been to all types of issues gay marriage everything i don't think anything's really come close to it that i've uh attended in person mm. yeah geoengineering rallies and all sorts of stuff um what would be the highlight do you reckon ethan well I'll, same question for you uh, andy once ethan's finished what was your highlight of the rally this year this time um, it was, uh, I think it was interesting just to see, you know, I, I think the highlight was because it was really hard just to move around and do anything, you know, I think the, my highlight was really just being overwhelmed. I sort of have a different experience at rallies to most people. Obviously, I'm walking around trying to get good shots and trying to get videos and stuff where most people are sort of just listening and doing all that type of stuff so my experience was just trying to move around the park and do this stuff and I just remember like being overwhelmed in a good way thinking I've never really experienced this taking 20 minutes to walk from one side of the park to another because it's going so slow and having to run out to parliament house to upload videos and come back in I think that was a highlight but there was definitely some great moments from that I think my favorite moment was uh the, the young bloke on the side of the road with a sign, unvaxxed tradie looking for a lady. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was awesome. At, yeah. He was at the rally and he, you know, he attended, but then as the crowd was marching, he sort of just stood on the side of the road as everyone come past. And I'm sure he got a lot of laughs and photos. I certainly took a photos, but yeah, it was, it was just great to see, mate. It was just sort of overwhelming in a good way. Yeah. And that's why I figured from, from the images that um, you've uploaded and, and garnered from uh, from all around it <clears throat> on the website there at tottnews.com. The great resist freedom rallies from all across the country. But yeah, the ones you've got for like, you know, uh, yeah, Brisbane and stuff as well. Yeah, uh, the, the feeling would have just been incredible. Um, but Andy, same question for you, mate. Highlight of, of this particular one. We, you know, you're at almost every one of these rallies. What's the best moment for you? Yeah. Um, 
Mate, yeah, definitely the actual march itself is probably the best, you know, when you're with everyone and, you know, just the energy you get from from um, <clears throat> all the like-minded souls around you. Um, I thought uh, Clive Palmer came, stepped up onto the stage too and, and uh, did a talk too. I think, I think he did quite a good job, uh, composed himself quite well, um, even when... Uh, certain <laughs> agitators like stirred him up and everything so um so yeah that was quite good but uh mate it was just a great day you know lots lots of people talking and and, and uh to be around uh you know 50,000 plus like-minded souls all around you was just fantastic mm. you know and i think that's that's what i take out of these rallies is being um what's the vibe you're life. getting andy from clive palmer do you do you think Obviously, he's going to try and run in for the United Australia Party and get that, get his party in for whatever the next election that comes up is, which uh, you know, obviously is probably going to be next year, I think, um, considering all the advertising he's doing. But do, what's, what, know, what's your opinion? Do you think he's in it for the right reasons, or is he, um, you know, is he really going to be an ally? Do you think to the people because he seems he's saying all the right things. He seems to be putting out all the right information. I mean, you could call it positive propaganda in a sense because. Um, you know all those letterbox drops he was doing, and you know putting in all the the Australian um, statistics of the deaths and all that from our own data, and you know from these vax rollouts, and you know he's sort of giving all the information contrary to to the main narrative. But uh, yeah, I, I know I, there's still a part of me that thinks you know you just can't trust these people. <laughs> but you know I'm I'm kind uh, of yeah a bit of hopium is going through my veins right now. <laughs> Unfortunately, I'm I'm hopeful that he's in it for the right reasons. Yeah, look, I mean I don't. I mean, I don't trust any politician. Look, I, I think I think Clive Palmer has got has got plenty of money and plenty of resources behind him. He doesn't have to be. He's not in it for the money, right? Correct. I that's think so too. Thing, yeah, that's the one thing that you got to get clear. While some grubby little, you know, you know, senior bureaucrats and everything like that, it's all about the money that they're getting. For him, there'll be no motivation in taking shit from people and and going through all of this lots of lots of hours and lots of late nights talking to people and and lots of absolute abuse from people for it can't be money motivated so you know like i, I look I, I get the feeling that the guy is quite genuine um so um and and he seems to be financially supporting the people that that i like to listen to too um so, at this stage, yeah, I'm I'm quite supportive of of him and and the people around him. Um, uh, do I think politics is the way to like break from this thing? No, I don't think so. I think that's more of a ground ground based thing that we need to get people um, aware and 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 more awakened to what's going on. I think that's more of the thing. But like, uh, it's just. Yeah, I think he's quite answered to your question. I I think he's actually quite quite a genuine person. Mm. Okay, you know? All right. good to know. Yeah. Same question, Ethan. What's your take on uh, old Clive? You know, being a mining magnate, like Andy was saying, he's got the money behind him. He doesn't seem to be in it, I guess, to to gain all you know a position of a seat of power just for the sake of you know setting himself up for the rest of his life. It it seems like he could be in it for the right reasons. But what's your what's your take, man? Yeah, General. Well, I think Andy nailed it there on the, I guess, the result of of politics in, in terms of, I sort of agree that 
the political sphere doesn't really change much in a sense, no, even right. theoretically, if they were all to get in. So in my sense, I don't have a big emotional attachment to people that are politicians, but I don't have any criticisms of what they're doing at the moment. Obviously, Craig Kelly says a lot of good things. Um, I like that Clive stepped away from him being the front end of things. Um, and to Tricky's credit, at the rally, uh, he was actually asking Clive questions during his speech. So he had like, here's 10 questions that we've got from people that have been sent into you. And he asked him, are you controlled opposition? Do you support independents that just preference the major parties anyway? And he was really sort of in a nice way and respectful way confronting him and, and also saying, you know, just because we have Clive here doesn't mean we're politically affiliated. Now, I would have liked Clive didn't talk very loud into the microphone, so I couldn't hear his answers to that. I'll have to go watch the speech. Right. I think that that would have helped me understand a little bit more where he was coming from. He, he sort of was just quiet and then would go back to, oh, we need to get the Liberal, Labor and Greens out and everyone would cheer again. I don't really have any criticisms, so to speak, of, of what they're doing. As I said last episode, I think this is all going to build to a Trump-style shenanigans at the election where they've got massive support and it's going to be just a big social thing that happens but i to tricky's credit he questioned those things so for me in my heart because i don't have an attachment to clive it's like well even if he is trying to lead people astray i can see that at least the organizers here are trying to do the right thing and they've got the right intentions at heart so yeah, cool. i'm just sort of sitting in the wings watching where they're going with this type of stuff I, yeah. I don't want them to gain all of the support and then change their message we know how quickly that can happen look yeah. how many people were lapping up to alan jones for example in the media oh he's fantastic and then he just switches all of a sudden yeah. you know this this says that we don't support this anymore or if he gets in, will he even continue with the promises, all this type of stuff? So I'm just waiting to see what happens. But it, it was um, interesting to see. And one of the funniest things was he had two bodyguards with him, General, mm. that were they were in full suits, like full black suits, like men in black. <laughs> and they were sweating their asses oh, off. Oh, I can imagine, yeah. They were just standing in the sun like, I'd be like, come on, boss. Today, really? You really got to wear suits today, boss? Come on. Yeah. So, <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, yeah. It, to a testament to how big the crowd was is Clive was already starting to speak and there was still probably a third of the crowd still coming in off the street. Because I was standing there and there was people coming past going, oh, no, we've missed Clive. Clive's already started that we're just getting into the park from finishing yeah, right. to March. So that's how big it was. So Awesome. Yeah, mate, there's just all my thoughts in regards to Clive Palmer there. That's so good. We'll I appreciate that, mate. Um, I just wanted, sorry to cut you off short a little bit there. Um, he, our guest has just joined, so I'm about to bring him in the call now, boys. So stand by. Uh, hopefully he jumps in very shortly. Just ringing him now. Looking forward to it. There we go. I think we got him in. Hey, there's Derek. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, man. I uh, feel I'll just I'll flick my camera on just so I can say good day. How are you, brother? <laughs> hey, what's up, man? Good to meet you. You too, brother. Um, all right. So I've also got uh, my colleagues with me who do the show with me. I've got uh, Ethan Nash. He's from another alternative media website called tottnews.com from here in Australia. Cool. Doing some amazing work. If you ever want to know, in an alternative manner, what what's happening here in this country, that's one of the websites you want to go to. Other than mine, of course. Um, <laughs> and my colleague Andy, Andy Soames, is here with us as well. So um, feel free to um, 
just f- flick over to audio only uh, if you want, Derek. Cool. We don't need to do this via um, video, so it's just an audio only podcast. Sounds man. great. All right, cool. I'll flick mine off now. Usually helps with bandwidth anyway. All right, um, boys, say good day to uh, to Derek just quickly for us. Hi, Derek. Good to speak with you, mate. Ethan here. Hey, good to meet you, man. Greetings from Australia, Derek. Hey, was, good to meet you as well. Was, that was Thanks Andy. for having me on, guys. No worries. And um, yeah, it was a little bit of... Uh, I mean, I just got in touch with you for the listeners because they know I've, I've sort of been mentioning trying to get you on the show for, for quite some time. And uh, I mentioned, oh, yeah, I got in contact with him. He's agreed to come on. I'm like, yeah, we're all excited. We're pumped. And then you're like, oh, I've just started my tour. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I'm like... Yeah, sorry about the delay, man. And that's okay. I'm, we're all good. I was just, It was just timing, you know, it's one of those things. <laughs> so first of all, now that we've got you, um, hopefully we can speak, uh, get you at least for 30 minutes to, to an hour, depending on how long you've got. I mean, um, we'll appreciate any That's time perfect. you can give us. All right, sounds good. Um, so basically what we're just ref- talking about here, um, just so you, we just joined the conversation, but in Australia and around the world pretty much, there's been so many protests happening just recently. Um, but footage out of this country here, as of um, you know the weekend just gone, there were record levels of crowds in pretty much all the major cities here in Australia, you know, um, protesting for freedom of choice and all this sort of stuff. So there's this real big sort of, I guess you'd call it an awakening happening. Um, and we've been, you know, beautiful. yeah, it is, it's, it is a beautiful thing to see. We've been hoping and we've been sort of wanting this for a long time because we've been covering these protests and, and even attending them ourselves, of course, for months and months. And they are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we've just seen the biggest one yet. Um, so it's people are out there. They're waking up. They're looking for alternative means of everything: news, you know, ways of living, health, all this sort of stuff. It seems to be the massive, you know, the great resist um, is happening right now, and people are waking up to it, man. So it's been almost perfect timing to have you on the show because that was one of the things myself uh, and even Ethan from TOTT News. Uh, yeah, we've been sort of delving into these concepts of how to, I guess weather the storm is is um uh, a term that ethan has used himself you know how to weather this storm how to look after each other how to look after yourself through all of this chaos that's happening right now and moving forward into the future as well you know because it's not just a, a band-aid solution people kind of want something that they can they can have and cling to for for the you know i guess months and years to come and they've got a, something to fall back on or even use right now um so that's one of the sort of, the sort of the things I wanted to get you to talk about as well. But before we get into right that, for the listeners out there who don't know who Derek Burroughs is or the Conscious Resistance Network, please do give us a bit of a background on yourself, Derek. Yeah, I appreciate that, guys. So um, brief background. Uh, my name is Derek Burroughs. I'm originally based in Houston, Texas in the U.S. I've been living in Mexico for the last year and a half. And for the last 12 years, I've just been, you know, dedicating as much of my life to different forms of activism, you know, all around waking people up to these agendas. Uh, in about 2012, I started to uh, write for the alternative media and, you know, started to get some paid gigs doing just writing articles. And after a couple of years, started to take it a little bit more seriously and started to do deeper investigations and uh, have produced about a dozen documentaries on a variety of topics from indigenous struggles to you know, 5G to the Mm -hmm. pedophilia sex trafficking issue to the Great Reset to a wide range of things. Um, And also started writing books along along the path, kind of exploring what I call the conscious resistance, which is my website, theconsciousresistance.com. And it's also the title of my uh, one of my 
three of my books, the trilogy, the Conscious Resistance trilogy. And for me, that pretty much just means the understanding, the recognition that the struggle for a more free, ethical, and just world that I think many of us are fighting for, um, that it's not only going to come from confronting the physical institutions of power, which is obviously important, you know, learning about the lies that we've been told and exposing those systems and exposing that corruption and hopefully someday having true accountability, right? That's obviously a big part of what we're dealing with. Uh, but from my perspective, I think that's only one half the equation, the other half being the kind of what I call the struggle against your own internal tyrant, your own doubts, fears, insecurities, limiting beliefs, things that can hold you back and kind of prevent you from being the best version of yourself, in addition to, you know, just the traumas and things that people pick up in their life. And I think that looks different for everybody. I know for me as a young man, a lot of my tra traumas in my younger life, just things I'd gone through in my family led me to drug use and drug addiction. And I got addicted to drugs when I was like 19, 20, got arrested, went to prison and did that for a couple of years. And that was kind of the beginning of my <clears throat> my awakening, waking up, you know, before I ever really woke up to the political agendas or conspiracies or whatever you want to say, I was waking up because I got locked up and just sort of was stuck in the situation where I was going to be locked up for at least a year the first time. And, you know, in that position, I had to figure out like, okay, what am I going to do with my life? I've come from this crazy background of family and parents, drug addiction, alcohol abuse is kind of prominent and I'm getting locked up for it now. And I decided basically to use that space to start working on my healing. And I started journaling every day. I discovered meditation while I was locked up. And that kind of began the beginning of my waking up in that sense, like deeper healing aspect. And then when I got out of prison, um, I kind of went back and forth over the next couple of years and I got out October, 2008. And at that time, I was, you know, sober off all the crazy drugs I was using. I kind of discovered that I liked to learn and investigate and, and just was curious about the world. And I wanted to know more. And I was also lifting off this depression and kind of having this excitement about life for the first time. And so that that all happened before I ever really started questioning, you know, government or any of that kind of stuff. It was that experience first getting out October 2008 and then going into 2009, starting to question politics and these other things. It was like the merging of those two things that eventually is what I've come to call the conscious resistance, the both the struggle for spiritual freedom, if you will, kind of emotional freedom and that healing aspect, as well as confronting the physical institutions of power. And the reason I think that's important based on my own experiences is that I believe even if we were to get rid of some of these tyrannical people that are currently running this COVID operation uh, around the world, and let's say we get some of our own people in place and we think, well, we're better, of course, we, we know what's just. And I think without that deeper work, it might take a generation or two, but we would cycle back and create the same problems whenever our egos and our traumas assert themselves. And, mm. you know, that's why, you know, that key word about revolution is all about revolving, going in circles. So much of my work is about educating people to the corruption, the problems, using my journalism to cover important stories, but also using my books and kind of speeches and philosophical work to encourage people to, you know, think a little deeper as well about what we're facing. Derek, I love it. That's awesome. And it's, it's so important to make that that connection to the catalyst, you know what I mean? Like you've had this experience, um, you know, traumatic or otherwise in your own life and you've, you've kind of used it, you know, it's shaped who you are. You've moved, you've taken it on board, you've moved forward with it and it has shaped who you are now. And it's, it's brought you a long way. Well, what a journey, man. Well done. I kudos to you, man. And I have a lot of respect for someone like that who can actually turn their life around and, and realize what's happened in their life and do something with it. I mean, so well done, man. 
Um, I know you, you don't need my well my praise, but I mean I'm, I'm giving it to you anyway, brother. <laughs> Appreciate you, man. No, it's awesome. Um, now, so the, the next phase of kind of what you're doing, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to bring you onto the show as well, not just because of the work you've been doing with the Conscious Resistance Network. And I urge everyone, all the listeners, to actually head over. I'll put links, of course, in the show notes. Um, check out the uh, the articles. You can grab the books from his website as well. Um, but the next, I guess, moving forward phase of this thing is the concept of the, the Freedom Cell Network. And that was one of the key things we were sort of interested in because to us here in Australia right now, I'm not sure if you're too familiar with the happenings, uh, you know, politically or otherwise in terms of this COVID nonsense it's here in insane. Australia. Yeah, you, okay, yeah, you are up to speed. <laughs> insane yeah, is the I'm best way to put up, it. Man. I'm, we're, 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 you know, pulling for you guys for sure. Oh, man, we appreciate it. We need it because... Uh, and look, just just in the state we're in now, I'm in Queensland, which is on the eastern shore, in the northern part. You know, it's very similar to kind of climate of I guess like Florida. Perhaps it's you know hot and sunny and warm all the time. Not many people get sick mm-hmm. up here, but of course you know hardly any cases and fatalities. Of course, of the nonsense, no, no you know no virus that there is anyway. But um, you know they they try to fake it as much as they could. But they've given us a deadline, Derek. Here we've got until I think December seventeenth in this country or in Queensland at least anyway, where we've got to get the vaccine, to be double vaxxed. Otherwise, we can't, you know, they've given us a whole list of, you know, organizations and places we can't go from, from cinemas to, you know, um, can't visit a hospital. You can't do any, all these things. It's, it's incredible. The amount of places they're trying to lock us out of just because we're not double vaxxed, you know what I mean? So yeah. they're trying to turn that around politically. They're trying to get it blocked or changed or, you know, whatever. I don't really have too much hope in that. We've, you know, we've there is always a little bit of hope in the air. Of course, maybe someone can do it. Maybe another party can come in and change it. We were kind of talking about that just before you came on the show, but I'm not putting all my eggs in that basket. Of course, I think you don't need to, you know, try and change that system. You just need to build your own system. You need to take care of the ones you love, your friends and family and stuff, and organize. And that's what I wanted to get you on to talk about is this concept of the freedom cells. And I know it's not specifically something you've created your, yourself as in, it's not your brainchild but you've kind of taken a, the ball by the horns and run with it and I'm, I'm loving what you're you're sort of doing with it as well so unless the other boys wanted to chime in the, with a question just now but I was going to get you guys to uh, get you to um, just sort of tell the listeners a, a bit about the concept how it started where it came from uh, what it sure. means and all that sort of stuff mate yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thank you for that opportunity. So uh, Freedom Cells, generally, it's a concept that is all about encouraging people to organize and local decentralized groups of ideally eight. And, you know, obviously, it's it's sort of that's like the, the ideal version, but there are Freedom Cells and groups that exist that have less people than that or maybe a few more people than that or other people who are just meeting using the concept and maybe not necessarily following the specific um, ideas that myself and my buddy John Bush put put forward. So John is an activist also based in Texas, and I heard him speaking about 2014, uh, 2014, 2015. He was talking about this idea for the Central Texas Mutual Aid Society and the idea that if we start to form these decentralized local groups and we start to support each other, we start to grow food together, maybe creating local economies outside of the state systems and just thinking about all these different areas that these local groups could grow and grow and become uh, more and more influential at a time when that's necessary, right? And uh, help uh, help people in mass start to opt out of the mainstream systems that are, I think, most of us would agree, are not serving us. 
And so that was when John was first putting out the idea of what he called freedom cells, and he took the idea of eight from there's another gentleman named Bob Podolsky who wrote a book called Flourish based on uh, some research that him and one of his friends had done studying group size and group dynamics and things like that. And they came to the conclusion that the group size of eight seemed to be ideal for various reasons. And so John took some inspiration for that and was like, why don't we use that idea of forming localized, decentralized groups of eight and talk to you know the activists about this and you know the freedom-minded, anarchist, whatever you want to say, different people who are trying to get out of the system and talk about this concept. So that's when I was really inspired by it. And in 2016, I started putting videos about it, just kind of exploring what could this idea look like or how would it work. And at the time, it was very much just a concept. And we had we have a website right now, freedomcells.org, that I encourage everybody to go check out. And we had a previous version of that was like the first version back in 2017. And one thing that's kind of held over from the original site to the current site is that it's essentially just a method for people to get connected using the digital tools, but get connected in the real world to start, you know, forming these groups um, locally. So at freedomcells.org, people can go sign up and create a free profile. You can put what are your skills, what are your interests, your goals, however detailed you want. We do encourage people to be detailed because people are going to come afterwards. They're going to find your profile. And based on what you put, that'll determine whether or not they reach out to you to try to connect with you. So you put your profile, you put your interest, all that stuff. You can put your location, obviously not your home address, but the city or town near you. And that adds you to the map. And then the main features of the website are basically the maps. You have a member map and a cell map. And the member map is just like it sounds. You can go um, on, you can go on there and search like let's say Melbourne, search 25 miles and it'll show you all the people who have joined near you um, on, you know, on the map. And uh, you can also search cells. So you can search, same thing, search your area, 10, 15, 20, whatever miles, and find the cells that have already been created near you. Uh, what, are they, what are they focused on and things like that and connect with them. And so the, the core idea is, again, organizing people and localized groups of eight. But what are these groups doing? That ultimately depends on the needs and the resources of the community that is going to pick up the idea. So what, what is necessary or important to people in Houston might not be the same and Victoria, right? It might not be the same as what's you know happening in India, uh, but we can learn from each other and we can share ideas and things like that. But a few examples, one of the first things I started doing whenever I started putting this idea into action in Houston, basically just put the call out to different activists like, hey, who's serious about getting prepared and kind of getting off grid, these sort of ideas, and let's let's have a meeting. So I started to work with the other activists who seemed interested. And we started with just a couple of us, I think four or five of us, because um, we definitely don't encourage people to, you know, you got to wait till you have this perfect number of eight before you do anything, you know, start with what you got, obviously. And I started with a few friends and we realized all of us were interested in growing food. We were all interested in having food security. Um, we were all interested in like learning more about uh, encryption and these kinds of things. So we started there. We started with, okay, let's make sure we all get an emergency bag, you know, bug out bag, whatever name you want to get it, but, you know, a bag with emergency supplies in case of any emergency. It doesn't have to be like you're preparing for government collapse or zombie apocalypse or whatever. It could just be like weather emergency or, you know, power grid failure or whatever. Mm. The point is, like, this is your core group of people that you know are on equal footing. So there's no one single leader, the idea being that the knowledge and the power is sort of distributed amongst the group. So you know that you have seven other people. You've got a group of eight. You've got seven other people that have, um, you know, a, a, an emergency bag. And maybe you guys make it a goal to get a couple of weeks of backup supply of food. <clears throat> so you know that these seven other people 
have two weeks to three weeks or whatever you guys come up with uh, backup food. You guys have an encrypted form of communication to safely communicate and maintain privacy. Not because you're doing anything illegal, but just because you're practicing privacy. Mm-hmm. Maybe you all realize that you have an interest in growing food, and so you decide to do some volunteering at the local community garden or urban farm or whatever, or just farm in general, to go learn some skills and get some of that as a group together and kind of working on that. So this is definitely not intended to be just another activist group, but specifically like the people you want to work with who are going to be your core support um, in in times of need. And uh, we've also talked about this idea of being useful in terms of defense, you know, and I think this is really important to the situation that you guys are dealing with already out there and some other places across Europe and mm-hmm. probably soon in the U.S. And this is just the idea that ultimately I think that freedom cells will, I mean, I used to say this a couple of years ago and it's more theoretical, but now we're kind of getting to that point where freedom cells could grow to the point where we really can defend ourselves. Like we've seen some technology, some attempts at like having a, a, an emergency alert system for your freedom cell, for example, right? So let's say somebody's getting harassed. Like, let's make it really realistic. Let's say the cops or the you know, the government shows up at somebody's house because they heard that they are not vaccinating their kids or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. You send out an emergency alert to your cell and not just maybe to your closest cell, but to all the cells in the area. Like, hey, guys, red alert, you know, cops are at the house. I need you here. And everybody peacefully <clears throat> and shows up, but assertively shows up and says like, hey, you need to get the hell out of here. You're not taking this kid from our community. You're not welcome here. Um and obviously things like gun laws are different from place to place. But I think in places where people do have, you know, gun rights or whatever they have, like, and maybe even eventually whether you have them legally or not, that it realistically could take where people peacefully but openly and I think assertively um, show that they're willing to defend their communities, whether that means with bats or with fists or with whatever else you got. Like it, I think ultimately there will come a time and place where something like freedom cells will be needed for defense. And um, yeah, so I mean, that's what it's been for the last couple of years. And then COVID-19 happened, right? And it was just this big impetus for a lot of people who I think maybe knew these things were going on, but sort of felt like, oh, yeah, that's like in the future. I don't have to worry about anything too much. And then now it's in their face. People feel threatened. And as we know, humans tend not to act until they feel threatened. So we went for our, like at the beginning of 2020, we probably had a couple thousand people on the website. And then it's just like exponentially grown to about 28,000 people who have joined the website, plus thousands that we have no way of keeping track of that use Telegram. Some people use Telegram and the website. They'll form their cells on the website and kind of put you know, their little mark there so that people coming after them can find them. Others use Telegram. Some use both of them. But on Telegram, we also have the Freedom Cell kind of worldwide network, and we have a directory of all the different cells. I mean, and there's cells in Portugal. There's actually a lot of active cells in different parts of Australia. I definitely want to get you guys connected to some of the people that I've um, got yeah, to meet with. Good. And yeah, I mean, there, so it's just been it's just been crazy to see that this concept that's been like really theoretical for a couple of years, myself and some other people talking about it. I've been talk, talking about it for years and I think people got it, but it didn't seem maybe so necessary at the moment. And now that people feel threatened, they're like, wait, we need community. We need to find each other. We need support systems. You know, we need to have oppor- like ways because once you build this local economy, we, what we've seen is the Freedom Cell Network it's like people are now using the website and the telegram cells to connect with other people in other areas as they're traveling, like to meet the like-minded people or, 
you know, we've had people who have got the heck out of Australia and come to Mexico or come to other places and they're able to use the Freedom Cell network and some of the Freedom Cells popping up around parts of Mexico now to connect and meet like-minded people. Or in the U.S., people are considering moving from one state to the next and they're searching on the website or on the Telegram cells, joining those groups and saying, hey, I'm thinking of moving to the area. Can you tell me what it's like? And, you know, getting plugged into the community. So it's been really just beautiful to see. And, you know, you mentioned I was on tour. When we were on tour, we were meeting people who like, were telling us like we met through the freedom cell network now we're buying land together now we're pulling our kids out of school together we're pulling our money out of the banks like people are really using it to to do concrete action and i think that nothing less than that is what's going to save us like we need real practical concrete steps being willing to get the heck out of their systems because as you guys and i think others around the world are are we're all you know kind of experiencing in different ways the more we are dependent on these systems, the more they're going to squeeze those vulnerabilities and those weaknesses until they can try to get us to comply. Mm, absolutely. Well said. Um, I'll just throw it to Andy. Did you have a question for, for Derek, Mike? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had to find my unmute button. Um, thanks so much, Derek. Um, yeah, look, it's it's great um, that you've that you've done all that. And you've just, I'm just writing, trying to write some ideas and some notes as you're talking. Um, we, we, we started like a very basic little group that started from um, uh, like a, a, a group in Australia called Reignite Democracy Australia. They've started a similar thing where they've got like a, um, a central website with um, the map of the country and then also then like all of the cell groups that are like represented everywhere so you can sort nice. of obviously you know identify where you are and where the nearest cell group is so that you could make connections easily. Uh, my my mm. my thought with a lot of this stuff was, um, you know, like as we move forward, is to actually, uh, you know, like use the cell groups to even like, um, you know, like earn incomes from each other and sort of and, and a way to sort of like build our communities to the point where we're basically supplying and doing services for people within the group as well so um Absolutely. it is no there's no stop to where this whole thing can go but it basically it's a system outside of a system or a community outside of a community that's like a like a breakaway thing so um i really commend yeah, you for absolutely. the work that you've done um, that, that's and, really uh, yeah, really awesome very to hear that yeah, yeah, sorry. I just wanted to to add to that that like that's exactly what we're trying to do, man. I mean, I think that's sort of bigger picture long term is that we are. I and again, I'm seeing it already where people are using the Freedom Cell Network and not just what we're doing, but different groups. I think in general, people have got the message like, hey, we need to come together, call them tribe cells, hubs, hive, circles. I've heard all kinds of names. You know, at this point, we don't really care about the name. It's just the concept that if people can make use of it and get, you know, get organized and get prepared for dealing with what we're facing, then that's all the better, you know. And I definitely think that that's the ultimate goal is to create this parallel, these parallel structures to what they are, um, you know, what they're, what they're offering us, right? We, if we recognize their systems don't serve us and their systems don't have what we want, then I think at this point, it's like, okay, we need to, we can't really put faith. I mean, at least for me personally, I would say I have no faith in the political systems and, um, you know, I'm not sitting here waiting for some president or whoever else to come right in and save the day. And I think more and more people are waking up to that. So it's like, all right, well, then we need to start thinking about the direction things are headed and what kind of world are we leaving behind for the coming generations? You know, I definitely very much try to like work from a place of thinking about 
how my actions are impacting the the coming generations, you know, and Mm -hmm. as well as all the work that all of our ancestors, no matter where we're at from on this planet, all the work our ancestors had to do to get us here. To me, it feels like I'd be failing the future generations and failing my ancestors if I chose not to work as hard as possible to create alternatives so that the people that are coming after us do have some alternative to you'll own nothing and be happy, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's such a slap in the face. I had uh, another question, actually, Derek. Um, In terms of, like, in these groups, have you noticed of anyone providing things like perhaps more critical services? Because one of my my worries is that you know when the i guess the shit hits the fan as they say um you know and they deny people who are unvaccinated for example access to things like you know going to the dentist or something you know are there people like that in these groups have you noticed that are saying oh look you know hit if you need any dental services you know hit me up after hours and you can come and see me and i'll look after you, you know, like is there any of that sort of stuff happening in terms of critical perhaps services I think that we're seeing the very beginnings of that because it's definitely so I mean the whole philosophy that underpins the idea of freedom cells and just this parallel structures is it's called agorism and the idea of building a counter economy and just again like parallel structures and uh, the man who sort of outlined that in the 70s he is named Samuel Konkin the third he died in 2004 but my work has been very inspired by a lot of the things that he talked about and just ways to get out of the system and to sort of create a counter system, you know, rather than trying to vote them out or violently overthrow them and be the new boss, let's just compete with them directly and build better systems. And he kind of was predicting over time that like in order for it to become a legitimate force, like we will have to offer these alternative services. Like I, I was mentioning security and defense. I think that would mm-hmm. be one of them. You're talking about health and, you know, like dentists and stuff. Yeah, That's definitely that's all going to be vital and i really think we're seeing kind of the beginnings of that one i put out a video a couple weeks ago talking about i think it was just called can the counter economy save the nurses and teachers because just like i imagine um in parts of australia parts of the u.s and elsewhere nurses teachers all kinds of people are losing their jobs right and at the same time you have all these families all these parents trying to take their kids out of school so okay you have teachers being fired who are now out of work you have parents who are taking the kids out of school how do we connect those the people together right the, the teachers who have the skills and maybe the knowledge you know and also the willingness to say hey i'm not going to take a jab that might be able to help some of these families that are trying to now homeschool or like co co-educate like as communities and things like mm-hmm. that so we are for sure seeing some of those services we're kind of working on trying to put together a, a directory um so our directory that we have at the moment for those who might be on um the telegram app and obviously there's also the website is kind of a directory itself but on telegram if you search freedom cell directory there's a channel that you can follow and it basically has a list of as many of the global uh, international groups as we can keep up and you basically can just hit the search engine i pulled up australia right now and you know there's the official australia nationwide group new south wales queensland southern australia uh, tasmania victoria western australia and there's another new zealand group so there's some groups that are just sort of like the, the kind of top layer, right? And then once you join those groups, different cells will sometimes have more specialized groups like homeschooling resources or, you know, like healthcare. Like, hey, here's a list of doctors and things that are still willing to deal with you, whether under the table or, you know, off, you know, off hours or whatever it means. Um, so th- I think that's all just starting to happen nice. and uh, around the world kind of organically. And so we're trying to keep up with the growth of all this and, yeah, figure out, like, what is it going to look like? And I think for some, again, for some communities, it will look different than others. 
Uh, there's definitely some of the more active freedom cells that I've been seeing here in Mexico because it's just been taking off as well as more and more Mexicans are asking questions. And we're going to be going to visit with the cell a couple about five hours away from us um, in a week and a half to get to know them. And they're highly organized. They have like you join their cell and you come in there and then they have, OK, cells for uh, one specific group for like promoting upcoming events and actions they're doing. One specific event for their upcoming kind of permaculture garden um, stuff thing. One for health advice. And, you know, so it's really just ultimately up to what people choose to make it, right? Like we kind of put the idea out there, try to create some of the infrastructure. We have lots of videos and things on ideas, but since it is a decentralized concept, it's going to depend on people in Australia and in India and in Mexico, the US, elsewhere, like we got to be the ones to build it. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I think that that's what, what is so kind of exciting and maybe a little bit overwhelming too, is that we're at the very, very beginning, I think of this, like we can see their plans and now more of us are saying, okay, well, I don't want that vision. Well, now we need to work our asses off to create whatever our vision is going to be, you know, and that's going to be, I, I've been telling people like my message on tour was really like, sorry to tell you, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be uncomfortable. It might be mean working with people you never thought you could work with. It might mean learning a new skill. It might mean changing your job or moving your family if you want to stay free and thrive in the face of what we're facing. And I think that that's just the reality. And it's more difficult in some places than, than others. I mean, obviously, you guys know there's a lot of people who are looking at Australia and like, hell no, we're never going to let it get like that. And, you know, but we're still pulling for and, and knowing that there's good people out there who are getting out there and trying to both push back through protests, but also I think create alternative systems. And so, you know, I think it's just, we got to build it ultimately. Yeah. Well, Derek, I think that's one of the major problems, mate, is a lot of people think that they're alone when they've put it this way, mate, there were 4,000 Queensland health staff members that was basically stood down or told not to come into work a couple of weeks ago, about two weeks ago, because they were unvaxxed. 4,000 of them. You know what I mean? And I think a lot of these, there's a lot of these people who are obviously probably in telegram groups and you're know, scattered amongst different things. But I guarantee you, you're probably right. There's a lot of these people who are just sort of looking for something, something to go, I need to get with a group who can, I can maybe do this upskill, change you know, my career or, you know. And I think that a lot of people think that they're alone as well. There's probably a large portion of them who think oh, yeah. that they, yeah, that there's no one to help them. So I think that's a very important thing too, is to let people know that there are these groups out there. There's websites like yourself, like the one Andy mentioned earlier as well, within Australia itself, yeah. who are doing these things. They're organizing. And it's, it's <laughs> to be honest, I've never seen a concept gain momentum so quickly. <laughs> I've been keeping an eye on this yeah. ever since I first heard you talk about it with um, James Corbett. You know what I mean? Like I'm a big fan of his show and let's do it more time. But you know, I first heard of it, that was ages ago when you were on there talking about that. And I've yeah. just kept an eye on it. I've been looking at it and looking at it looking at it. And then you're right. People needed a catalyst. And this COVID nonsense that came along and all of them, more and more people, I guess probably you probably noticed yourself, more and more members are joining and they're signing up and they're getting on board every day. There's probably more and more people because of this thing that's happening. They were just waiting for something to set it off. Oh, yeah, it's been, I mean, you're, well, first of all, you're 100% right that so many people feel like they're alone. I mean, I can say when I started to wake up, it was, you know, 2009, I started an activist group in 2010, and we had meetings for eight years every single month doing all kinds of different activism. And one of the most consistent things that I heard every month from people who would show up at the meetings, young and old, you know, high school, college kids to folks in their 50s, 40s, whatever, um, all different backgrounds was... I, I felt like I was alone. I didn't think there was anybody else before I came to this meeting tonight. And I heard the same message on tour. There's people who 
were coming to the event because they heard, you know, we were coming to do some talks and share some ideas. And then they realized, oh, my God, there's all these people in my community. I didn't know there was anybody out here. I thought I was the only one that, you know, felt this way. And, yeah, and that to me is like that's such an empowering thing. And, you know, besides the cool thing when people are like, oh, we bought land together with people we met on the Freedom Cell Network and all that. That's just amazing. But it's also cool where people like we were in a couple cities where a group of about 10 or 15 people, you could tell they were just super close, like activist family. And they were saying, like, yeah, last year when the lockdowns were happening, we all felt really paranoid. We didn't know anything was going. We were, they were just kind of starting to wake up, I think, some of them. And they heard about Freedom Cells through the Greater Reset, our event that we put on last year and that we're putting on again in January. And through that, they met all these other people in their local community. Some of them have now um, you know, got like a, a house outside the city to get out of the city and start growing food. And it's just so beautiful to see that happening because to me, it's like I've been def- I've been pushing this idea for years. And the message has pretty much been the same. But as I said earlier, it's like people, unfortunately, were not always motivated until we feel under threat. And now people feel the threat. So people see the value in community. And hopefully, you know, that that continues. I kind of would rather things stay rocky as much as I, you know, hate that you guys are already dealing <clears throat> dealing with the stuff you're having to deal with. But I think that if they were to turn the heat down a little bit, right, and kind of dial it back, a lot of people will just go back to, oh, okay, well, you know, whatever, we don't need to fight anymore, right? But right now, people feel that threat, and so they're pushing. They want to get out of the systems. They want to move. They want to take their kids out. They want to go and protest. They want to, you know, do whatever it is they can right now because they need to know that they can fight in some way, right? And that's important. If we lose that, then people go back to sleep, and they think, okay, whatever, there's nothing to worry about. So I'm honestly, I've, you know, one of the other things I was sharing with people on the tour, I just, I really truly feel like this is what I'm here for. And I think all of us, I think this is the moment we were born for is to be here to influence the times that we're in. And especially in the face of this potentially worldwide tyranny, we need like all of our brothers, brothers and sisters around the world to really just push back in whatever ways are best for their community. Because, you know, otherwise we all know what their vision is. And I really believe that that's why we're here, guys. Yeah, amazing. And I, I actually, that resonates with me too, man. I think you're actually 100% right. I think if they did dial it down, if they rolled it all back and people were like, oh, you know, life, yay, we, we get to go back to what we were doing before and let the um, let it all just wash over you and, you know, sit back down and watch TV again. You know, like, that's you're right. That's exactly what would happen. So I guess in a sense, yeah, we kind of... <laughs> We kind of need the poke, need that poke in the ass, you know, get yourselves moving, get organized, get off your ass and do something, you know, there is a threat there. And I think, you know, even if this COVID nonsense goes away, the next threat that will come along will probably be, you know, the whole climate lockdowns and the climate change nonsense will rear its ugly head again. Uh, and that'll be another reason for us to keep doing things, I guess. To me, I don't think there's ever going to be a reason to stop doing this. I think it'll yeah. just, the reason will probably just change. Um Ethan, I might just throw you. Oh, sorry, uh, Eric, Derek, did you want to say something? I was just going to say, yeah, it could be that, you know, the next thing could be, like you said, the climate stuff. It could be the cyber pandemic. It could be the fake alien invasion, whatever the heck card they want to play, right? Like, that's the point is it, (laughs) we shouldn't just assume this is just going to go away. I think that's kind of one thing to, once you accept, okay, this is going away. Yeah. Yeah. So this is just, I think this is just our fight. Yep. Ethan, I'll just throw to yourself there, mate. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Well, some great discussions about, you know what's happening and that's happening in this country right now we're seeing obviously the fake the fake sense of freedom that is opening up now if you're fully vaccinated in this whole new normal system that's going over the christmas period a lot of people are saying why why are you still protesting when we do have freedom again 
I've seen that on Twitter this morning. You know, why are these record crowds out? Imagine if gay rights protesters still protested for gay marriage after it was legalised. This was a comment I saw this morning. And people are believing, you know, that it's not going to just be this infinite perpetual cycle of disease warfare when the booster shots and everything come within the new year we look at what happened what's happening in europe where countries like ireland are like 90 percent vaccinated and just going back into lockdown again this continuous cycle and that's where we come in you know to sort of remind people that this brave new world order system is it's coming it's going to have its ebbs and flows it's it's a psychological thing and it's also long term and that's why i think it's so great to have um, Derek on today just to talk about those things and talk about the freedom cell concept and this greater uh, concept. I love that you use the term, mate, um, the greater reset. We, we're going through here the the great resist here in Australia where there's a lot of yeah. um, resistance to it. But I think that the resistance, that resist, comes with a greater reset over the top, most of all. you know, mm -hmm. I think that it's not really... I think this is the big event. These these years between now and 2030 and the next decade or so are going to be that that great time of transformation where either the alternative is created or the the full wrath of the system comes in. This this bio fascist um, head to top down control of everything about you, even your insides, your genes, all that type of stuff. That it's either one way or the other. I don't think it's 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 just going to go away. And you've raised some good points about. You know, what if we did defeat it? How are we going to, to recognise all of this stuff? And I think that once you start thinking about these things, concepts like freedom cells are uh, almost essential. And I put out the call in March of 2020 in a podcast on my website for all of the members of my website to start getting together. We're going to build an alternative community. And to the testament of freedom cells, that concept has come into our group it's obviously reached australia and there's numerous groups out there doing different things at the moment but i think now because people are losing their jobs and as you said derek there's this sense of we're entering a new phase where now nurses and teachers and, and people that have more practical skills for the future and and for the governance of society not a government but a governance of society they're starting to become more available and i think that capitalizing yeah. on this concept is so important and i wanted to ask you mate you've obviously traveled around and seen a lot of different freedom cell networks you've engaged with a lot of people um we've only i've only engaged with let's say one or two for example so you've seen more people you've you've interacted with more people been to conferences what do you think are some of the core uh traits or characteristics or skills that someone should learn as a basis would it be agriculture would it be what 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 have you found that works as sort of the base necessities that should be needed for any freedom cell network mate yeah it's a great question i think that on a really practical level and this might be you know a tough one for some people people skills i mean i think anybody who knows like dealing with activism if you've tried to organize a protest or even just doing a podcast and interacting with people online in the kind of internet activist community, right? Like you, it, it can be difficult to, to grow with allies and to reach more people and to connect and to, uh, you know, learn those lessons if you don't work well with others, right? I mean, some of us don't necessarily. And again, that's why I think it come, takes a little bit of pushing past your, okay, well, I've never, I usually work alone or 
I, you know, I don't want to work with anybody. I don't know anybody, honestly, no matter how prepared they are, that is going to be able to take on what we're facing all by themselves. Like I think truly, even just in a practical strategic level, we need each other. So having patience, people skills, I think being adaptable, things like that are things that people might not think about so much, but with everything going on right now, so much in flux of people, you know, we had a flood of Canadians come to Mexico just in the last couple of weeks who are getting the heck out of Canada while they can, you know, as their kind of timeline closes on them for the moment. And, you know, people have to be adaptable. And I think that's a skill that applies to freedom cells specifically because, um, you know, I've been promoting the idea for years and there are people who I met a couple of years ago, some of the early adopters, like there's this woman uh, named Lisa in Oklahoma over here in the States. And she was all about freedom cells in like 2017, 2018, was really trying and trying. And it wasn't even till this year where she really finally had like a good group of people. She'd been hosting meetings for a number of years, trying to recruit people, but some people show up to meetings and they just want to talk about politics or, you know, debate, whatever this and that. They're not really ready for action, right? And so Freedom Cells is very much an action-oriented idea. So people would come to the meetings and she would get frustrated and she would express this to me and John and ask for advice. And, you know, sometimes it's just like you just got to be persistent, you know, just keep trying. Keep, You know, there's different ideas and things, strategies you can try, but ultimately, right, it, it can take time. And, yeah, sure enough, her patience uh, has paid off and now she's got like a good growing group of people who are focused on a number of things. But I think one of the things I've seen from people all over the states and elsewhere at the moment uh, that seems to be increasingly important is food security. You know, I mentioned that before, and I typically always mention food because I think that's we're all coming from different climates, right? Like different people in different parts of the world. So some, you know, in Mexico, having a subtropical climate most of the year is pretty easy to grow food year round. You know, we, I was talking to a group the other day. They all live up way north in the States and Canada, and they don't have such a, you know, uh, wide growing season. So they have to think about that more strategically and kind of plan ahead and do these different things. But overall, I think that's something that's weighing heavy on people's mind is like, OK, if I can't get into the grocery store anymore because they say I'm not jabbed, then how am I going to feed my family? Right. Or mm. what is what are if we're going to build these alternative communities or we're going to try to opt out of these systems? Uh, whatever that looks like, we're going to need to eat, right? And if 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 we can see the vision, I don't know if they're doing this in Australia already, but I know they're doing it in parts of France where people are being denied access to the markets and stuff. And we've seen people denied access, bank accounts, and, you know, I think there's really no limit to how far they could push it, right? So being adaptable, being willing to, to work with other people. Um, also, the most important thing, I think, if you're going to start a cell or a group, whatever you want to call it, is to start out knowing your specific goals. So let's say you met some people through the website or any of these websites, you know, you search and you find a local group of people. Hey guys, let's meet up at the local cafe or somewhere where everybody feels secure. Let's get to know each other. So let's talk and go around. Hey, this is who I am. I'm from this place. What's everybody's goals? What is, you know, what's bringing you here? It's like, hey, I'm really concerned about food and I'm interested in learning how to grow food. Other people, well, I'm trying to get out of the banking system, looking for ideas on that, right? Figure out what is everybody's aims and, and what they're trying to learn together and then start just taking those on one by one. Okay, well, look, we all seem to have an interest in alternative currencies. Anybody know anything about cryptos? Anybody know anything about precious metals? Uh, you know, what are, what are the options available to us? Let's do some research and kind of having that that group to, to work together. So, I mean, that's just one of the key things is knowing your uh, goals because as I mentioned earlier, these insane folks what i tend to refer to as the predator class they have been planning for 
generations, right? And they've got trillions of dollars invested into their agendas, specifically Agenda 2030 and things like that, right? They know the vision. They're writing books about it. They're hosting conferences. They're doing all kinds of stuff. Like we need to be working just as hard to create uh, and manifest the vision that we want. And so that I think that applies to us as individuals. That applies to us as freedom cells, to us as a species, you know, generally, that that's really important to know because otherwise what i've seen is sometimes people come together they start having freedom cells meetings or they they're trying to but then it just ends up well we get together but we just talk for two hours and nothing gets done because they don't have any focus you know they're not even sure where they're aiming for they know that they want to get out of the systems they know that they want to connect with each other but there's yeah. no kind of focus and i think that's one of the key things because one of the common complaints i hear from a lot of different cells is like yeah people come to the meetings but they're not ready they're not focused or you know, and I've seen a lot of different ways to go about how people are approaching that. Some people creating filters, like they might have a public cell that you can join and they post about their upcoming meetup, meetups and events and things like that. And then once you've come to a couple of the events, they actually add you to like the more inner cell that where the actual organizing is and the sort of public facing cell is more just a place to recruit people who are showing up because, you know, you end up with three or 400 people in a group and you're like, there's only five people coming to events. Well, who are these other people, right? So mm -hmm. people are trying to come up with different strategies to filter out the talkers from the doers. And, uh, yeah, so I hope that's somewhat informative sure. to that. Yeah, no, that's perfect, mate. I think I, I agree with you on a lot of those things in, in terms of the, the, the simple organizational thing of it. You know, there's a lot of information out there. I think people, and if we have the time away from the system, can pick up a lot of skills. You know, I, I'm one that believes that if humans were just taught a lot of these things that doctors are taught we could do things ourselves stitch ourselves up operate on ourselves if we just learnt these things from a young age and it's all been centralized and taken away from us so on the skill side of things you know i think that there's always room for growth and stuff but you've hit the nail on the head there in terms of just finding the people that are the the people that want to take action versus the people that want to talk about action and we see this a lot boys i know you do as well with alternative media and your websites you know that's mm. why in a sense you know i do have a membership platform to help support the work that i do but in a sense it's also a filtering out process to see who will who actually really appreciates and aligns with what i'm thinking because they're willing to go out of their way to uh, support it because you start you need to find those people that are on your wavelength because and i'll give you an example we could stand at that rally hundred thousand people there but how many of those hundred thousand people are talking about the depths of the system that i'm sort of talking about how many people you know there might be ten thousand people there that just think well let's sack dan andrews and then it's all over we all go back to normal they you know they believe sure. in this and that you see so mm -hmm. it's do i want those people in my group or do i want people that are aligned with me so i think the filtering out process is so important um i don't have to go through that struggle as i said because i've sort of designed my website as that way if people aren't aligned with what you're saying and don't get emotionally attached they're not going to support you know they might say yeah you're a good website but it's not truly getting to their heartstrings so i've i don't have to deal with that but if you're someone out there starting your own freedom cell i think that's very so important you need to find people that not only align with you on on that sense but also in a spiritual and, and, and intellectual sense where not that you all think the same thing and you all agree on things. You know, you need to be challenging each other and, and that's how things build. But just being on on this sort of same, same wavelength 
I think that that's vitally important. So I don't know if you've experienced that general uh, with well, your platform and, and some of the things that you think, but I think filtering, as Derek mentioned, is, is such an important thing to find those who are the, the actioners over the talkers and also people that want to do the action uh, that you support. Yeah, yeah, that's very much so. And, and actually, to be honest, we kind of experienced that, didn't we, Andy? When we met at your place, there was... Andy's trying to sort of, you know, all right, you know, pay attention, listen, this is what we're trying to do and trying to, <laughs> trying to organize this group. It was about 10 to 10 or 11 of us, I think there. And, you know, we all just get breaking off into different conversations and people are talking over each other and it was hard to get people focused. Like it was, it was a good experience to be honest, because we kind of hurting cats. <laughs> that is hurting exactly cats. what it was like, Derek. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we kind of noticed that, didn't we, Andy? It was very hard to sort of get people to focus on what we're mm. talking about. Even, even your missus was was cutting you off and going off in different tangents and you kept sort of grabbing her arm going, honey, just listen, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I know exactly what you mean when you say that, Ethan. Um, very, very tricky to kind of get people to kind of focus and listen and, and to, to take it seriously. You're right. Um, I... Mm. I I mean, I myself am in it for the reasons of wanting to know things. Yeah, food security to me, well, like what Derek mentioned, was one of the big ones. I'm in it. I'm really in it for, to 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 know more about food because I'm I'm a bit of a green thumb myself, of course, because I do gardening for a living. But um, obviously, the people skills don't really have to worry too much about that. But just knowing my other goals, all those things that you were saying too, those key things with regards to getting it set up, I'm kind of myself is going through that journey right now because we're in that we're in the very opening stages of it aren't we Andy we're only just starting to do that right now so this is like mm. beautiful stuff to learn from you Derek because we're we're trying to experience yeah. it for ourselves right now yeah and people yeah, skills one, are so one, oh sorry sorry one that. thing I'll, I'll throw in there to what you guys are both saying about that like because it's it's the the herding cats kind of keeping people focused is a common th- again this is like one of the common themes people are like oh we get together and you know we can sit there and talk for three or four hours and everybody has good conversations but then the night wraps up and we didn't get anything done and nothing advance yep. and the people who are there for for action they get tired of that they're like oh just another group who's talking never mind and they stop coming and the people who just want to talk you know they'll be there either way because they just want to talk one sort of suggestion i've made to some of the cells that i've been hearing this from that i tried to do at some of our meetings because essentially if you're the one organizing or at least pushing the concept out there like say hey we have another meetup we're going to discuss some things you're the one that's creating the container and People do want to have the social aspect. Like we said earlier, a lot of people feel so alone, so they get around each other, especially people who can't really be themselves around their typical friends, family, work, or whatever else. Then they get around other like-minded people, and they're just like, oh, my God, I want to share everything, right? And there's all this stuff to talk about, and you can do that all night. And, you know, it's it's that's part of building community, having that connection. But I think if you – what I've tried to encourage is – so let's say you're having the meetup, and you tell everybody, hey, we're going to be meeting from 7 to 10, you know, Friday night – uh, for those of you who want to talk action and getting you know organized in these different areas, please show up early. You know, from seven to eight, seven eight thirty, whatever is is going to be the big the business side of things. We're going to show up exclusively just to talk about making progress on some of these projects. And then after that, you know, there's going to be some food and just social stuff. So it you no know, it kind of encourages the people who do want the social aspect, but also they do want to get connected to stuff. Just know, okay, well, I just need to focus for this bit of time and kind of keep it. Um, keep it in that that uh, that focus area, and then afterwards I can talk about whatever the heck I want to. Because, you know, it is it's so frustrating. I, I don't like being the authoritarian. I don't want to be going around telling people like I'm their freaking teacher or parent. Like, come on, guys, get back on focus. Or whatever. Detention. Yeah. <laughs> shut it, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's so stupid. I hate that feeling. And at the same time, unfortunately, I've realized that like a lot of 
good intentioned, uh, well-meaning people, they still do for whatever reason want direction or need direction. And so it's like, all right, I, you gotta, you know, we, the goal for me is to encourage people to become leaders themselves, right. And kind of step into their own strength in that. But also that takes a little bit of time, I think for some people. So yeah, just by creating that container and maybe letting people know ahead of time, this is what the specific parameters that you're going to be coming into and the people who don't want to come for business will stay home or they'll show up later whatever you know yeah. andy we should remember that for the next time we do the next meeting mate we'll uh, we'll say this time to this time is general chit chat and catching up with everyone and then it's stand to business for the next hour after that or that's a real good um real good point there that you've um you've picked up along the way derek and thank you for sharing that mate that's that's brilliant um and these are all these things yeah. you kind of learn you learn this stuff along the way so it's awesome that's right yeah. 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 Well, yeah, that's right. And yeah, I've just picked up a few. And people arrive like late. People are arriving like an hour late. I think people have got to be prompt to, you know. Yeah. Um, I guess it was, anyway. yeah, I mean, that was early stages. So I guess moving forward, when everyone yeah. commit, commits a bit more and they realize this is, yeah. we're taking this seriously, you might even get a few that'll drop off and, uh, you know, th- there might be more serious ones take their place. Who knows? But. Um, yeah, it's, it's an evolving thing, isn't there? It's, it's sort of a, an evolving beast of its own. You know, you've got to keep people in line, yet at the same time, they still recognize and, and respect their, their own sovereignty and all that sort of stuff. But um, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Ethan, anything else you want to add uh, to the conversation for, for Derek? Man? No, just to reiterate, I think the, the people skills is a big thing as well to, to talk about. You know, I always recommend people to uh, read the book, How to Win, uh, How to Make Friends and Influence People. Um, and also, you know, you can read Sun Tzu's The Art of War as well, but How to Make Friends and Influence People is obviously a staple book on how just to communicate with people. And, and you know, I always hear from a lot of people and they always say, I'm just having infuriating arguments with people all day about topics and all this stuff. And it's and I think to myself, well, you know, if you just took the time to uh, learn how to communicate and, and, and learn how to talk about things, you know, there's an old saying, if if you don't know how to explain a topic to any type of person, any intellect, any type of language in a way that they understand for themselves, they might be someone you consider a dumbass or someone smart or someone in between, whatever you believe, what it, however they would understand it, if you can't explain it to a way that they understand, Absolutely. then you don't understand the topic enough. And I think communication is such a big thing and communication would go a lot way, a longer way um, if we were able to to learn those types of things, so I think that that's great. I think I, I thank Derek for all of his um, contributions on this episode, and and I hope people really take these on board, General. Yeah, awesome. All right, Derek's going to head thank off um, now. So, Derek, I'll just throw it to yourself, mate, just to I guess wrap up your part of the conversation, mate. Any last thoughts or uh, for or any you wish to share for to wrap up the conversation? Um, no, I just, again, I appreciate the work you gentlemen are doing. I look forward to sharing your work with um, my other friends over uh, in your area. Let them know if they haven't found your work to check out what you're doing. And awesome. let us know what we can do, guys. I mean, we know this is a uh, this is an ongoing uh, agenda we're going to be dealing with for a few years now here, and uh, it's going to affect all of us around the world. So we're with you guys. Just please just keep standing up, and we'll be with you. Awesome. Well, I think I'd love to maybe catch up with you again in a couple of months' time just to sort of let sure. you know how we are and how the process is going for us in terms of things in Australia as well. And, yeah, we'll just touch base maybe in two or three months for a, for a future episode, mate. That would be awesome if you could do that for us. Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, Derek. Thank you, guys. Um, everyone, Derek uh, Brewer is of the Conscious Resistance Network. Thank you again. Thank you. All right, mate. We'll let you go. We'll keep chatting here. Other Thanks, man.
Alrighty, guys, that was awesome. Um, he seems like a, a real, genuine, down-to-earth guy, and I think he's got some quality information to share. So again, I really encourage everyone to head over to the Conscious Resistance Network or to freedomcells.org, read that information, get in touch with like-minded people, and you'll realize that there, you're not alone out there. There are plenty of us out there. You don't even have to do it through his site. Like we mentioned, Andy was saying that there's um, the Reignite Democracy guys, um, isn't it, Andy? That's the ones, isn't it? If you can give, maybe give me a link, and I'll add it to the show notes, brother. Um, mm. so yeah, words, it is yeah. the one. That's where I got it from. It and, is. Okay. Um, you know, they've already done all of the, the heavy lifting in regards to the, you know, the big map, the, the um, awesome. you know, the interactive map and all of that sort of stuff, you know, yeah. which is a bit of a daunting thing if you had to sort of start it from scratch, but, you know. Yeah, and that's great. So we'll put that in the show notes for, for everyone as well to, to get onto. Um, if you're one of Ethan's um, regular readers, I do suggest joining up over there at TOTTnews.com as well. Uh, get on board. You'll be able to get access to his Discord server as well, and he's got people in that Discord server that, that we're in, um, and they're always talking about this sort of stuff. You've even got, I think, some channels... Have you got some channels set up as well for this? Have any Ethan on there? Let me just double check. Or am I speaking out of tone? Hang on. Yeah, we've just set up. Um, you have, haven't you? I think a freedom cell one at the bottom there. Yeah, and you got a solutions hub, off grid living. Yeah, there you go. So you got off-grid that sort of stuff. Yeah. And and yeah. even in the general chat, there's a lot of good good like minded people in your um, Discord server there that even I like to enjoy interacting with myself as well. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um, and I'm still keen to get. Um, Russell, I'm pretty sure it is, on for a chat too, just to, I guess, talk about some off-grid living ideas and, you know, basic things that people can maybe start doing. I think that's that's probably one of the hardest things to, is people don't know where to start. Where do I start? What do I do? How do I start doing this stuff, you know? So I think just to give mm. people a little bit of information, just like, you know what, it's, it's as simple as this. Just start maybe trying this and whether it be how to build a little garden bed, how to try and, you know, cultivate a little tiny plot of land to grow veggies or whatever it is, you know, or setting up a watering system or electrical off the grid stuff, you know, any little basic things like that. I think if people can learn to start something, bang, they'll get the taste for it and they'll run with it. Oh, this isn't that hard. And there's so many people for who sure. can help me. Yeah. So, for sure, brother. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And if um, I, I was going to say, you know, I'm, we're planning a full member workshop out with Russell um, early January here in Queensland. Um, he's going to take us through some of those things. So we, it could be a good opportunity to get him on then. You know, I could be out there with him and we can just get him on together. Yeah, early I'd love January to if you wanted to do that. Yeah. I've got my wife's birthday in like from in that first, um, she's on the 4th, but she's having a party around the 10th. So um, if it's if it's just after that, that'll be perfect. Otherwise, if it's during the week, I can probably get some time after work or something. But yeah, definitely yeah, we'll A's with us. That. And yeah, we'll, 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 we'll try and see what we can do there, man, because that sounds great. And then we can share that with all the listeners uh, as well, just so they can see it's not that hard. It's, this sort of stuff can be done. And there's some really good, skilled people who are willing to share that information. I love it. Mm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You'd be surprised how many people are were already doing this before corona that uh, are sort of laughing saying haha we told you so yeah you know and you've got to go to them like all right you were right all along yeah, yeah. please I please help me yeah. I shouldn't have, yeah i shouldn't have put all my skills into learning how to make websites and write and stuff like <laughs> no right stop rubbing it in teach me how to do this <laughs> so, well i've been doing this for 20 years young one come yes. in and- teacher yeah we are the uh, we are the power ones that's right yep we'll be surprised how many people out there are are, are just fully into this and uh, (laughs) have already been doing it so just just explore reach out and 
and see what you can find. Likewise, the time for action is now to you too, Andy. Um, if you've um, you know kind of come across anyone else in the in this group that you've sort of set up, um, and feel free to to jump on board too, Ethan, if you want to. I know you're not a huge Telegram fan, but that's how we're doing it. Um, but yeah, even if you're interested in just to seeing how we're doing it in initial sort of setup early phases of this version of a freedom cell that we're, we're sort of doing. Um, Andy, if you've got anyone else on board who, who wants to share information or teach people, um, you know, skills, whatever it is in our little group or anything, you know, we're happy to, to, to share that on the show or to, you know, document it and share videos, whatever it is, man, like make sure that's sort of constantly in the back of our minds, you know, like, Fair enough, we might be doing this for ourselves and we can learn from any mistakes that we make as well, but we, I think we need to sort of document it and share it. Yeah. Sound good? And it it's good, fellas. Good. You know, now we've got you know, two little freedom cell networks, three, four, you know, like just locally, just from people just coming together in their local region. You know, it's uh, fantastic. Mm. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I- I just I just wrote some notes on that while Derek was talking. If I if I can just share it with you, go for a minute. Um, so, like, basically, the the thing that's striking to me is like, the, you know, the COVID scam was is probably an opportunity to merge into like for to, to for people to start merging into these sort of forcing to really, because it's the it's the logical step forward for humanity really isn't it because the the existing political system education system um medical system is fully bent like it's fully out of shape and just returning back to you know like pre-2020 like you know like situations just isn't going to get us there yeah you know so it's it's a natural progression that the like the corporate world of which we were living with has sort of run its it's run its game like about 30 odd years ago like it's finished now you know and now we're just seeing the the ugly death throes of that so going back to it isn't isn't the the future for your kids kids you know it's it's something that we've got to get used to and something that will take probably a few decades to but we've got to start from somewhere you know, um, and I can see this thing just like completely like turning turning all of these like, you know, like systems upside down, education, political, uh, medical, um, just same, to name a few, like absolutely on their head. Um, let's just take the medical industry. It just needs to be completely gutted and started again, you know. Um, yeah, so they're all, they're even all without the... Yeah. It's all just so broken. So, you know, like this is just our opportunity, you know, like so in a in a way, like the whole COVID scam thing is is that, you know, you can take the, the good parts of it is that it's like it's really forcing us into into these new ideas of thinking for the future. So, um so it's it's quite exciting, I really think. It's it's not going to say that there's going to be like a few bumpy roads for the years to come, but like, um, but it is exciting. It's 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 new and it's fresh and it's so so wanted and so so overdue mm. in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. So well, I'm I'm also so. very um, you know tant- tantalised by the idea of getting. Uh, you know, a property somewhere, you know, 
you know, northwest, whatever, hinterland, whatever it is, but just getting a little bit of land somewhere that you can bug out to if needs be and, you know, that you can start to call your own, cultivate, you know, buy an old shipping container and stick it there to store stuff in or, you know, start doing some projects out there every couple of weekends, you know, and that's, that's the sort of stuff I'm also quite interested in as well. I was sort of having a chat to Tony, one of your, your mates that was at the our first little meeting, Andy, um, and he was saying, you know, like, yeah, he goes, I was looking at, you know, land out you know a couple acres out near like you know tara or you know sort of west not you know not west queensland but out, out west further and he's like yeah you know, i looked at them a couple of months ago and you could get them for like 20 grand you know a couple of acres and and they were saying i looked at them again just recently and now they've doubled they're like they want the same block size and stuff it's like 40 grand like yeah a lot of people a lot of people are catching on and they're doing this they're buying these these blocks of land out in the middle of nowhere and they're like yep this is our little our little bug out area you know that's it's this concept is sort of definitely gaining a momentum in the wings you know not necessarily this the freedom cell one but people wanting something like that for themselves and i'm actually quite interested in that sort of thing too but it's like you mentioned you know there are people who are you know in these cells pooling their money together and buying a block of land in mexico or something in there they're all that's where they go they go and and have their time there sort of thing it's very cool yeah, it's, it's a, exciting. It's a good concept if you can find, you know, like if you got or four eight people, people that you're... well, if you got eight people, yeah. you're all putting like you know two grand each, and you know you go and buy a cheap block of land somewhere that you guys can do whatever with, you know, like as long as you all agree and you know have this mutual understanding and perhaps do the, I guess the legal background to cover your asses, you know, and and realize that everyone has an equal share in it, sort of thing. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, you could easily do that. Mm. Um, I mean, it's so it, it's no limit to this um, this whole concept. It's it's really exciting. I love it. Yeah, yeah, same. Yeah, yeah. I've been sort of saving up a little bit of money, you know, just in just just in case that happens. You know what I mean? So if something ever does come up, Andy, you know, and in in the group, you know, I, that's something I would definitely be willing to do is to to put a little, you know, a couple of thousand bucks towards something like that where we can have uh, some land all together, you know, <laughs> build a commune. <laughs> Sing Kumbaya. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's like more of a natural way of living. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Cultivate, you know? yeah, cultivate land and do what we need to do. And yeah, it'd be, it'd be cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, anything else, boys, you wanted to, to uh, unleash for this episode or we should we start to wrap it up? Um, no, I think Derek made a good point just about sort of addressing your own inner self as well. I think maybe to recommend everyone as well on that you know learning yeah. about some of the traumas in your past life and stuff i think he's he's really hit the nail on the head there because like this type of alternative living isn't going to be exciting to you if you don't have a sense of peace in your life right because it's not going to be as entertaining and as extravagant and as luxurious as the this fake matrix system that we have now it's going to be you're on a block of land learning how to farm and all of this stuff and if you don't have sort of an inner peace inside of yourself or an inner peace with the world around you, you're not, you're not really going to be attracted to that or, or enjoy that. You know, if you're still super connected to all of this fakeness and this materialism that's all around us, then you're not really going to see the long-term benefits from just throwing that type of thing away and, and starting afresh and learning new things and, and becoming more connected with everything that's around you. So I think that that's important too. Just, it just you know, sort of addressing your own self and your own sense of security. And, and we talk a lot about, about not having an attachment to what's happening to the masses, you know, not being 
sort of traumatized and fearful for everything every day. These are steps that are just so vital because we need good leaders for the future. We need good leaders for these communities. And we need people that are, that have reached a, a plane inside of themselves that is going to instigate change, that isn't driven from the same uh, sort of sinful natures that um, everything else is. So just to recommend everyone just to yeah, a bit of self-reflection yeah Yeah, a bit of self-reflection as well and that all comes down to where Derek said you know think of what your goals are and what you want to achieve and try to be the change that you want to see in the world so you need to think about that first that's why that quote's so important what change do you want to be and how will you be that change so just have some self-reflection if you're looking to to do this plan or if you're in these types of communities already um, just just try and um, think about what do you want for the future in terms of what a human should look like in terms of their soul and, and everything like that. So just wanted to throw that in there I as like well because I think that's important. Yeah, awesome, man. That's great. Uh, right, we might um, wrap up the show that I think was awesome. been looking forward to doing that show, oh my goodness, for probably about two months now, I reckon, since I kind of yeah. mentioned it ages and ages ago, you know, like before even episode one, I think I... I even said that we were hoping to get Derek on for that first one, but uh, we had to wait until now. Obviously, he was doing that tour over in um, Texas and stuff and around Houston areas. He traveled up from uh, from his home place in Mexico. He only got home um, like a couple of days ago. He actually sort of, yeah, he got home and he messaged me. He's like, all right, I'm home now. Let's let's tee up this show. I'm still keen to do it for you, brother. Like, <laughs> I've been pestering him for weeks, <laughs> just so the <laughs> listeners out there know. I wasn't giving up. <laughs> um, yeah, but I just wanted someone, I know we're trying to do that ourselves, Andy, but I wanted someone just like, like Derek, who's, you know, he set this up, he's, you know, got this ball rolling and he's got a lot more to it and he had a bit more finesse with a lot more of this sort of stuff because of the experience he's had. So really awesome to have Derek on. Once again, if he ever listens to this, thanks, Derek, for uh, for coming on. We do appreciate it. Uh, all right, guys. Yeah, thanks for uh, for your time on a, uh, what's now a sunny Monday afternoon. The sun's come out. It's not even raining anymore. So look at that. <laughs> bright, bright skies. It's all right, guys. Thanks so much. Thanks so
Is it what you don't know? 